0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or you're watching the YouTube upload, you can probably catch me live right now over at SNTR Live. There should be a card up in the corner at the beginning and end of the video to bring you over to the live channel. You can also bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. All my content goes there, and we got some new features coming in January for you. It's going to be pretty exciting. So the High Celebrant Mission, also titled the Coup de, coup de Gras, if you don't know how to pronounce it, it looks like Coup coupe de Grace. <laughs> coup de Grace is how you pronounce it. It landed in the game on January the 5th um, at reset. And, uh, you know, the Beyond Light expansion came with Season of the Hunt kind of attached to it. And this is sort of the end, we think, of that sort of storyline. Uh, the Wrathborn Hunt lure now has its final perk. A lot of people were, you know expecting this to be related to the Hawkmoon, but it wasn't. However, it did have some story elements in it. It came with a cutscene and some potentially significant developments with the crow, aka Aldrin and spider. There was, however, an anticlimactic ending to what I thought was an enjoyable experience, as well as a lot of people are encountering bugs and they actually cannot get the mission completed. They're aware that there's some bugs with it. Also, There's supposed to be a ship dropping at the end. I didn't get a ship, and they're looking into that as well. People are not getting uh, the rewards to drop consistently, and Bungie is looking into that. So I just want to say, out of the gate, I like the new method of storytelling, but there were some problems with how this happened. So first, let's just talk about the mission. The mission requires you to visit Spider and the Crow, and then you use a charged lure to begin the coup de grace mission on the Dreaming City. I actually just ran it solo with the scout fusion and the xenophage. I would recommend some ammo mods as it did kind of become scarce at the end. I really really like running stuff like this by myself uh, it makes it a little bit more exciting kind of relying on your, you know, just it's just you, you're the only thing that can draw aggro and it, it brings some intensity surprisingly enough, I didn't have any of the bugs, they're saying to go slowly uh, to mitigate some of the bugs like don't do tons of damage to the boss uh, just kind of pick at him until you're at the very very end. You'll know when you're at the the end. you'll be in an area like this in this picture in one of the Ascendant Challenge uh, environments. I really enjoy the Dreaming City and the Ascendant Realm areas for missions like this. This is when I'm okay with them kind of reusing an area. I thought the dialogue was interesting and the progression through the various areas and chasing the High Celebrant was actually pretty cool. You know, I, I said this morning, some people felt like, man, it was nothing. This was nothing. It was so short. It was so easy. I think missions like this would land better if Bungie would have invested a lot more heavily into the ritualistic grind of the game. And we talked about this recently uh, in the PvP commentary that I had where I described the game as being top heavy. The core activity playlists and NPCs have virtually nothing new or nothing for you to do, so there is no ritualistic safety net. When the content that is new gets dry, or the new activities kind of dry up, you really, really want to have that safety net net of ritual undergirding the game. Well, I can work on my seasonal rank with Zavala and get some of the Vanguard guns or Crucible, what have you. They've invested nothing into the ritualistic grind and I think that's a significant problem for missions like this. I really enjoyed the interference mission progression in Season of Arrivals. I thought it led to a pretty cool moment and I think this moment is landing a bit like a dud because people aren't really playing the game and they're coming back from a break to run something that takes them all of 11 minutes. The fight itself is is what you would expect you kill the enemy you get the wrathful buff and then you shoot the boss so there weren't any major new mechanics or anything new for you to figure out here it was pretty straightforward and i come to expect that from a story mission like this. I don't really expect them to go crazy with, you know, innovation and create some buck wild mechanic. Something straightforward like this. I described it this morning as a bicycle. Bungie is trying to deliver small pieces of story and when you're delivering a small parcel, a bicycle is a perfectly good vehicle for that. You just, you you know, you get from point A to point B, here's your little piece of story. It's not a U-Haul truck, a semi or a pickup truck. It's just a bicycle and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them periodically delivering these small pieces. pieces of story, I just think they would land a whole lot better if there was more going on with the game to capture our daily and weekly engagement. Right? It wasn't necessarily complicated or challenging, I thought it was a solid environment and area for a fight, and it felt like a decent climax for lure hunting. However, as I'm saying, it's not attached to much, and that's part of the problem with the story being good, but being attached to something that feels pretty thin, uh, ultimately. This type of storytelling I think is a great new approach to evolving the world and the characters within it, but it is unfortunately attached to the weakest part of the game right now, the Wrathborn hunts and the seasonal content loop. Any review of Beyond Light has essentially... Even to some degree, ignored Wrathborn hunts or hasn't really focused on them because there's not really that much there. The lure charging is a bit tedious, it's attached to the top heavy nature of the game right now. If you want to charge the lure, you got to go into core playlists that have virtually no reason to run them other than the fact that you're being told to. We ran into the same problem with the stranger and the fragments, it just was sort of making you rerun content. As I've said, there's a huge difference between reusing content and repurposing. We really need the core playlist to be repurposed. Bungie storytelling was actually, I think it's actually come very far in comparison to how seasons functioned in year two. If you remember Forsaken, Black Armory, Drifter and Season of Opulence, the storytelling back then was all over the place. It was very, very episodic, very, very disconnected. None of it made much sense and nothing was really connected or woven together. Things are actually feeling more connected now and more important. Our impact is definitely being felt I really, really liked the scene, you know, where we basically get Aldrin free, and we tell him he's a guardian. Like you're a guardian now. Like you're on a different path. I actually thought that was pretty impactful and pretty cool. However, the cutscene in the ending to this mission felt more like a prime. It felt like. As, as is customary in the Destiny community, it's prime real estate for mockery and memes, because Spider allows us to take Uldren, but then everybody goes back to their starting positions like nothing actually happened. I said this morning, like, was it a dream, Papa? It's like, did this even happen? Like, did we even do the thing? Did we even set him free? He's back in his closet, and Spider's being nice to us again. It didn't have the impact that it could have had if there would have been some immediate change in the game. Now, I understand they're local NPCs in a public space, and that gets kind of common convoluted kind of complicated okay uh, you know i get that but it really takes the wind out of the sails almost immediately of the impact of what we did having him suddenly be in the tower would have been cooler maybe next week um you know it, it, it would have been it would have been i think more uh impactful again it just feels ripe for mockery and memes it's like get, get out of here and take him with, him with you and we're like okay and then everybody's right back to where they were just moments of Uh, just moments ago so lastly all eyes on Witch Queen this is actually I think adding more to a sentiment that already exists in the community there was a twitter profile that has like the the twitter check mark but they're not official Destiny or Bungie staff and they essentially said Witch Queen is a make it or break it moment for the game I will say we have said this literally every dadgum year that the game has been out every expansion every DLC every fart that comes out of Destiny's backside is a make it or break it moment apparently for Destiny. I don't buy into this sort of hyperbole about the game, given that the player base numbers still look very, very good, as long as the free-to-play players that are padding the numbers are spending money. I actually think the game is in a good position and is on a good track. Obviously, Beyond Light was thin and has its problems, but I don't feel there are true make-it-or-break-it moments. However, at this point, many in the community feel that the main focus is now on Witch Queen, Given the lackluster launch and the reception of Beyond Light and the promise from Joe Blackburn to fill the next major expansion with more loot than Shadowkeep and Beyond Light, everybody's setting their sights there. The storytelling will likely add to this sentiment as everything we're hearing and doing right now with Zivu Arath is all related to and leading toward the Savathun DLC in the end of 2021 with the probable injection of another Darkness subclass. So the storytelling in the subsequent seasons is likely going to build this this sense with us in this sentimentality that which queen is it that's the big next moment you know next big moment for the game that's when we're going to get more loot it better be amazing okay i, I don't want to fuel that i really really don't my hope is that it is significantly better than beyond light and we can have one of those moments of okay finally bungie nailed it they finally got an expansion that's worthy of praise like we felt in forsaken and taken king My hope is that this style of storytelling is well-received, even if the current injection was a little sloppy. The Season of Arrival's weekly storytelling and dialogue was enjoyable, and it actually led to a really cool conclusion in the Court of Oryx slash Court of Savathun, which I actually think that climax of that story would have hit a lot harder and a lot smoother had Beyond Light not been delayed I think these climactic events and these cool instances where we're going into cool places and doing cool things and it's a one-off, you know, it's kind of a one-off one-time thing and it changes it changes the environment and the NPCs I really, really like that, I just think unfortunately, they keep setting up their really good story moments to fail by, its you know, Beyond Light getting delayed really, really hurt the climax of Arrivals, and this one has just been beleaguered by bugs and problems and a really really weird cutscene a good cutscene that feels weird because seconds later it's like nothing happened so it's really unfortunate I kind of feel bad for the people that probably worked on this because it didn't hit the way that it probably should have so we're going to transition to Q&A if you're here in the audience Don't go anywhere. Hit like and subscribe to support the stream and stick around for the Q&A. If you're watching this on the other channel, click the end card over there and come over and join us on the live channel. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A that followed my talk about the High Celebrant Mission. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or maybe you're watching the YouTube video on the other channel, these usually are going to be live when I'm live on the other channel. SNTRlive.com You can click the link below and come on over and join us on the live channel. And be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com There is a lot of new features coming to that site and we are uh, we're hoping to to launch those very very soon so be sure to bookmark it so first question coming in from pn reynard uh if the reward for the high celebrant is to reward high stat armor should the armor stats rewarded be higher than the armor that the season pass gives max 66 well no because it's all about distribution anybody that's been chasing high stat armor knows that the real real gems are the ones with really really good distribution with when I say that, what I mean is, if if you're wanting high mobility and 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 high recovery, and you get a good stat roll, and everything is is resilience and intellect, that's not a good distribution. So your your sixty-six is is sometimes not as good as a as a sixty. I can have a sixty with great distribution, and you can have a sixty-six with horrible distribution. So. There has to be, I think, a reasonable ceiling placed on high-stat armor. You can't just take armor to an absurd, like, oh, 70, you know what I'm saying? So you get into a 70 stat piece or whatever. That, and that would also be kind of weird this one particular boss is dropping better armor than literally the rest of the game like the, the raid, trials you know, Grandmaster Nightfalls no 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 no, go and kill this one boss and you can get you know, as, as what you're saying, like higher than 66, so I understand the logic behind what you're saying I think it breaks down really really quickly when you think about the game as a whole um, you know, because somebody in chat, Eugene is saying, I have 59s that are great because of distribution, right you can be around 60 and have a really, really great armor piece and you can have a 65 that looks like trash so, I don't necessarily think this promise of high stat armor it doesn't necessarily need to be oh man, it's a 70 plus, you know, that that's that's not needed, I don't think, in order for the value to be there especially considering the you know how often you know you can run some of these activities now I don't know what they're doing with this one and how often they're uh, they're gonna limit your run on it um, that's the real question right is are they gonna limit how many times you can do it in a day or week and and because of that accordingly are they going to make it really really hard for you to get drops that that's the real question uh, if it's daily or weekly, it's just high stat armor, they don't need to be that stringent uh, with it, and they're looking into the drops and everything else, so that, you know, not being able to rerun it could also be an issue that, I don't know if they've officially stated, you know, how often you can run this sort of thing, because, you know, right now, I think anything that locks you out is, is, I don't like that, I, I like now that you can run the raid as many times as you want, and you're still kind of rewarded for it, you know, to a certain degree, uh, I actually really, really like that, um, so, in in the grand in the grand scheme of the content in destiny if there's only one place dropping really really crazy you know high stat armor I think that that would be a little bit backwards we can chase high stat armor on Europa as well so I think that I think we're continuing to get into a good place with player agency uh, with respect to the you know um, with respect to player agency and what we're pursuing we can chase the guns that we want to chase uh, we can chase the um, We can chase the guns that we want to chase and we can chase the the, the high stat armor that we're looking for. So I'm all for more of that. It is weird if this is limited since it's only, you know, one drop um, why they would limit it unless there's going to be something else tied to it with the Hawkmoon or something clap for you with the bug affecting players from moving forward during gameplay and bungie has also been hot fixing during the season why no imme- immediate response this time well you have to understand something some of their really really quick responses are literally just them graying out a weapon or rotating a map out or something changing the map or or saying hey this weapon you can't use it it's grayed out it's disabled there's a huge difference between doing that and going into the the spaghetti code of the game and being like, why on earth are people having this problem in this fight? So, when something is broken and needs to be temporarily disabled, they don't really need to figure it out and then disable. Does that make sense? They disable it, they figure it out, and then they patch it in that order. In this particular scenario there's nothing to disable so they figure out like oh no something's bugged they spend a couple of days figuring out what the problem is they test some solutions they gotta debug those solutions and make sure they don't cause more problems and then you distribute the patch or the hotfix so it is a little bit of an unfair comparison I understand where you're coming from this is always the thing that we come back to Bungie's been patching the fun out of this season, seemingly left and right. Same with last season. As soon as something you know emerges as really, really awesome and really, really generous or really, really you know rewarding, they 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 patch it. They're like, bam, doesn't work, can't do it anymore, gone. Um, And you know, people are getting a little bit tired of that. They feel like, man, there's all these other problems in the game, and you guys are lightning, lightning quick to disable this patch this and shut this grind down that we were enjoying and i understand where people are coming from when they gripe about this i really and truly do it feels like so many quality of life things get ignored and instead of those quality of life things getting improved they're disabling your favorite weapon or shutting down a really really lucrative grind that you were doing and i i I empathize and sympathize with that sentimentality. But that doesn't necessarily mean that like Bungie is somehow misallocating resources and shouldn't be doing the things that they're doing. If a weapon is breaking Crucible and causing all kinds of problems, then yeah, I, I-, I think you need to shut that down. Like you-, you have to disable that fairly quickly because that's hindering that's basically hindering everybody's experience. Everybody's going in then and having a bad experience and this is, you know, bugging out for some people. There's a handful not a handful, there seems to be a lot but there does seem to be a lot of people that can't complete this mission and so I I mean, I guess they could try to, you know, disable it and not let people try but it did seem like some people were able to go back and get it working so it stinks that It stinks that some of the problems seem more fundamentally baked into the game, and they're not as easily fixed. And when a broken weapon emerges, it can just be disabled. Because that gives the, the community this impression that, like, well, Bungie only shuts down stuff if it's benefiting the player. That's true to an extent, but at the same time, I don't think it's very charitable for me if I were to take them to the woodshed for that. Because... I know that that's somewhat intellectually bankrupt for me to do that. That's not that lacks in like intellectual integrity to be like, I can't believe they keep shutting down all the fun, but what in the frick they couldn't fix this in the first day. Like I, I don't like going down the road of what I know is sort of a bankrupt position. Um, and again, I resonate with the emotion and how it feels, but I don't. I don't resonate with kind of going after them and being like, "How dare you not fix this right away? You've been fixing things right away, left and right, that benefit the player." Um, new member number seven for the day, Jet Boy. It'd be awesome if we could hit ten new members today. We've already gotten seven. Thanks for clicking the join button, Jet. Enjoy the badge and emotes. You are dope, and you deserve dope stuff. So. Fixing this has nothing to do with how fast they shut down fun. Yeah, they they're very, very they're not related. They're not related, and I and I know that it feels like they are, but I, I, I don't wanna embrace that narrative because I know it probably gets traction on the forums and Reddit and Twitter, and I'm sure it gets lots of clicks and, and, and upvotes. I always said that there was a lot of Reddit negativity that was just mindless easy clickism uh, click clickism? Is that what I said? Hi, easy clickism. I think that's what I said. You just—it's really, really easy to get people to click and to get people to do do the thing. It's really, really easy to do that. Um, so, Mr. Showman, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. More and more people are finding us over here, man. It's been awesome. We've been over here for about six months, so appreciate you being here. Um, so, yeah. That that's kind of where I land on it, is I empathize with the emotion, but I don't necessarily want to buy into the narrative. Shell, is this the right type of revitalization in old locations or not? Should more be done to planets like this? Well, you see, this is honestly a mixture of reusing and repurposing. They didn't just tell me to go run an ascendant challenge. That's just reusing. They, re- they repurposed the ascendant challenge environment for a boss fight. Do you see? So, if suddenly, the entire strike playlist had been changed, and the enemies were different, and the bosses were different, and there was different loot dropping at the end of those fights, like actual loot that we wanted, that's repurposing the Strike playlist. Yes, they are They are technically reusing the environment, but it's been repurposed and reinvigorated. It's been dressed up. I am 100% in support of this, always. Yes, I recognize the areas. I knew what I was doing when I was jumping on the invisible plates in the Dreaming City. I knew where I was going. But... It was new, it was different, and the fight was different. I am always in support of that. Use your capital. Use your real estate. They've built all these areas and done all these things. Put loot in there. Tweak the bosses a little bit. And then we have a reason to go back in and we're having a good time. Instead of my issue... With what they've done with Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit in Beyond Light is there is zero reinvigoration and zero repurposing. It's literally go run Strikes for this thing in Beyond Light. Go run Strikes to charge your lure. Play Crucible Gambit to charge your lure. That is the that is literally that's reusing. Doesn't even doesn't, that does not that almost is too generous and too nice. It's not even re- reusing. It's it's like the opposite of reusing, like you're just sort of dragging it back up onto the stage and you're like, yeah, play it again, you know, play it again, Sam. Like, reusing an area and then putting a bunch of new stuff into it, like that to me is repurposing, so just, and again, it, it's basically just a chore on a list of things to do. So when they take an area from the Dreaming City and they take a, 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 a an Ascendant Challenge and they go through and they make it very very simple, like, I actually think that's great. I think that, that makes it very, that's a very, very good use of the space. And I, I think that they should do more of that. I, I think that they should take more areas. Like a great example, Blindwell. Blindwell. Do something with it. Update the bosses and have loot dropping from the bosses. Give each boss a gun and have the boss rotate daily so you can go in there and spend your time all one day getting some new gun or whatever, you know? Yeah, I didn't get the ship either. They're looking into like um, rewards not consistently dropping for people or whatever. When you have a con- when you have a container like the like the blind well, the infinite forest, escalation protocol, even the EAZ, I'm just like, man, wh- why not reuse it? It's amazing, now it's a dead unused awesome location. Right, okay, so the Dreaming City. Think about how much is on the Dreaming City. You have three Ascendant Challenges, there might be more, I think it's three, maybe four. You have all those areas and there's nothing going on in them. Nothing, just public events. They're beautiful, they're awesome, they're cool. And, you have the Blind Well. So it's like, I I don't understand, like, make the Blind Well, there's six? Oh my gosh, there's six Ascendant Challenges, I thought there was three six ascended challenges in the blind well come on man like update that put some new digs in there that this is the question that bungie should always be asking every season and every expansion is there a piece of is there a piece of content that's old enough for us to revisit it update it with a new boss and some new enemies and put some new loot drops in there right i am not a developer but I, i i really think this is a fair statement to make it's got to be significantly easier to change things in an existing encounter than it is to build brand new encounters. Like, I think that's a fair statement. I don't think I'm making a statement that is inaccurate or too armchair. Like, I'm a Monday morning fo- you know quarterback. Like, oh, I know more about football or something. It's like, I know I'm not a developer, but I'm fairly certain reusing an existing space has got to be easier, faster, and more efficient than building something brand new. Um I that just seems like pretty low-hanging conventional wisdom about development in general. So and I know they're always scared and and some of this I actually think funny enough I think we share some of the blame here as a community not like me or you or anybody in chat specifically, but as a collective whole, the Destiny community, I think we share some of the blame because we beat them up so much for House of Wolves and reskinning strikes and running strikes backwards and stuff and and barely changing the enemies. We have just beat them. We we've beat them down into submission about reskins. They're like, you don't want to do that. If you're charging $10 for a season and you reuse the Blind Well for new guns and new enemies and new bosses, people are going to be like, it's a re- Skin, this is a ripoff this is cheap this is stupid we we literally have a have a split personality because we're like look at all this look at all this dead content look at all these dead areas never updated never anything done with them and if Bungie was like oh you you want us to update those okay cool we'll do it i can't believe you did this Bungie. you just reskin this area this is cheap and lazy it's you see what i'm saying This is one of those areas where I've always felt like they can't win and I fault the community more than Bungie for this. They basically get chastised for not updating areas of the game and and there's pockets of the game, areas, activities, and content loops that just sort of become derelict and dead and we all know that if they reinvigorated it and updated it and added new stuff everybody would throw a freaking hissy fit. Now, this is where it gets really, really confusing. There are people in chat named steve and steve hates reskins and anything that smells like a reskin he writes up a very lengthy complaint on reddit okay also in chat there are people named bob and bob is a little bit more laid back and bob's like you know what i would love it for them to update the blind well and the ascendant challenges on the dreaming city that would be really really nice and that would add some new life to those areas so both of those people voice their opinions but they're different people so it starts to feel like the community has multiple personalities it's like wait a minute you're angry that spaces are derelict dead and not updated but if we go back and we update them and we repurpose them and we reuse them we get we get chastised for reskins and, and being lazy that's why it starts to feel like they can't win there are different people in the community we pay for remodels on our house why not remodels on our games right and it's like you know, to the Steves in the crowd that absolutely hate reskins and have and have and have been a part of the narrative of beating Bungie into submission and being like, "Don't you dare ever repurpose or reskin or reuse anything," it's like, listen, if you're gonna reskin the Ikelos weapons and throw them in a dungeon, then you can repurpose the Blind Well. Like, you know what I'm saying? I actually think we respond more negatively to reskinned loot. I bet you we could prove it. I bet you we could prove it. If Bungie were to repurpose an activity and put new exciting loot in it, I bet you people would be okay with it. I really truly do. People I think are tend to get more frustrated about reskinned and reused weapons. When I ran that new dungeon and I was getting Icolos weapons, I was genuinely annoyed. I was like this is dumb. These aren't new. It's a brand new dungeon dropping ancient fossils. Oh, but they're randomly rolled now. Whoop de frick. I would much rather run familiar content for really new spicy loot than run really new spicy content with old reskinned loot. You see what I'm saying? But I don't know. That's just where I come from on it. It's like, I actually think the community is probably a little bit more forgiving about reused activities than loot ultimately loots what drives you anyway a brand new activity eventually gets old you know Darksider with the Hawkmoon mission still missing, the ship being a random drop, do you feel or fear that next season will bank too much on us replaying Season of the Hunt activities for Season of the Hunt gear to fill the season I, I, I don't think so and here's why Every season last year added a very similar amount of weapons, and, but the activities varied in substance and fun. So the sundial was good, the tower event was terrible, and then the contact event was tolerable. Mainly it was tolerable and light because people ball duped and used guillotine and just obliterated champions and kind of ate around the fat and acted like it was a gourmet meal when it really wasn't. The contact public event was garbage and everyone praised it because you ball duped and used guillotine to get over the fact and get around the fact that it was actually a garbage event, right? It was like a, it was like a cup of cool water coming out of the desert of the tower event of, the, of, of, of uh, Season of the Worthy. Season of the Worthy is the only reason we think fondly of Contact Public Event. It was stupid. It was just a public event enemy killing machine where you banked moats. It was there was nothing special or fun about it, at all. So, however, however, the co- the, the amount of loot that they added was basically the same. So. I trust they're going to do something similar here and I don't think they're going to necessarily be leaning on the fact of like, but you can go do the hunts, you can do, you know, blah blah blah, blah, blah. here's one advantage I have right now I actually thought about this, this is actually a positive in the game, that if I get bored and don't really feel like chasing anything in, in the in the Rathborn hunts, I may get into the middle of next season and suddenly realize that I really want one of the weapons, like the Blast batu. like maybe I really really want that grenade launcher, I always have to say it funny, it's just a thing um And, you know, maybe I decided I really, really want it. Well, it's still there, and now I can go get it. So it does pad the content a little bit. There were times in Drifter where a bunch of us... You know you did this, by the way. In Season of the Drifter, there were a bunch of us that just started going for god rolls from Black Armory because Drifter sucks. Drifter was terrible. So, we all started going back and getting god rolls on the Black Armory weapons that maybe we didn't have yet, right? So, the... I think, um... I think this is actually a good thing because then if I get a little bit bored in a season, I can take a break and I know, you know what? That content's going to be there, and if I hit a little bit of a better stride with the game in Season of the Chosen, and I get about halfway through the season, and I'm feeling pretty good, I could be like, hey, I have some lure charges, let me go check out, uh, let me go see if I can get a god roll, you know what I'm saying? I think they need to remove the RNG nature of the lure, because that'll be one of the good things about the new content, is you'll start ignoring the lure, and it'll just be charged, so periodically you can just go take a crack at some god rolls if you want, you know? Um, I skipped Drifter and Opulence, and because of that I came back in Shadowkeep and I had tons to do. Yeah, this is actually, I think, this sounds so weird to say, but now is a really good time to get bored and stop playing because this is going to be a great year for that. You'll be able to come back in the summer or the spring and you'll have a feast. You'll be like, yeah, you know what? I actually have a lot to do now, you know? Um... And I think the lure charging and the and the Rathborn hunts will probably hit a little bit better if you're uh, if if you're not paying attention to it. I think that's the major problem with it right now is that if you're paying attention to it, it's it's almost it's too truncated, right? It's too truncated. It's too it it, it takes too much time. It's it's busted up too much, right? So because of that, I think next season a lot of people are going to probably, I bet you we see bigger saturation of Wrathborn guns next season. Because all of a sudden, you're gonna be like, oh, I have a bunch of charges. And then you'll just go cash them all in. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It's weird to see that as a positive, that like, right now, if you get bored, you're always giving yourself a surplus. You're like, yeah, I'm bored. I don't care about any of this crap. Like, I don't have the legendary, I don't have the exotic sniper. I've not gotten god rolls of the weapons on Europa. I've got a couple, but not all of them. And, you know, That's around for a whole year if I decide to start going for it, you know? So I I just... I wonder if our tune is going to slowly start changing in the summer where we're like, you know, the game actually does feel kind of full now. There's actually a lot to do and I forgot about Thus and So Gun and I never really got Thus and So, you know, uh, Gun over there and I'm going to start going and doing all of that stuff. So this might be a... I wonder if this year is going to be like a fine wine it's just going to take time it'll age it'll age well but on the front end it's not good right now does that make sense I'm not trying to be a doe eyed optimist like it's all going to get better guys but I do think there's going to potentially be a point in this year where we're all like you know what this formats actually not bad it just has to kind of get it's got to get it has to get its legs and get moving. And then you're always going to have that surplus of like, you hit a point in the season where you get bored, you kind of stop playing, and then you got stuff that you didn't really get and didn't chase, and you can always chase that later. It's always kind of sandbagging and getting tossed into the next season for you. you. know, By the time you get to Witch Queen, sure, you know, Season of the Hunt stuff will go bye-bye, but Season of the Chosen stuff won't be going bye-bye. You're always going to have that th- those seasons kind of dragging behind you as a surplus if you're bored and need something to do that you maybe didn't do in past seasons so I'm not trying to put you know, lipstick on a pig here I, the game's in a rough spot for many of us but I do think again this year has the potential to age very well because they have put in a lot of, of structures that will help maintain some of the content for us if, if this was like last year and everything was getting ready to disappear in a couple of weeks like a month or whatever I'd probably be thinking very differently about this 'Cause it would always feel super, super piecemeal and empty. The game would feel so empty. Like, skill ups review was actually really on point for new players, but then in a couple of months, in a couple of seasons, new players are gonna be like, Oh man, there's a lot to do in this game. There's a lot going on, there's a lot of loot to chase. It'll be a slow it'll be more of a slow burn, you know? I hope, I hope that's what we think, and that's what we conclude underscore says should they let clans build up their own clan buildings and incentivize the guided games for raids by double spoils I've gotten this question in a variety of ways so I'm going to take the second half of your question first um, the the idea of incentivizing guided games with double spoils or double drops or something the fear would be that people would just cheese it they would just cheese that they would use LFG they would get a team together, and then they would bust up the team and be like, Alright, let's all get into Discord or a party chat, and then let's use Guided Games until we all end up in a game together. And, you would just be, people would just be cheesing it. I get what you're trying to do, you're trying to incentivize being helpful. I, I don't think it would actually work all that well. To the other part of your question this is something we've actually talked about before, and I am in full support of clan dojos, where you like you go down to this area and you're decorating it for that season so as your clan's leveling stuff up the room is changing, and there's there's, you know, things on the wall, and there's oh hey look, we killed the celebrant, so like his head, or sword, or gun would be hanging on the wall you know, I can get behind that, now keep in mind this is window dressing, okay for me window dressing is appropriate once everything is really really polished and built and full and we're not there um you can do that pretty easily now says menacing mommy, we actually did that to get all the guided game emblems, yeah see so people have already, people already know that they can cheese it for some emblems, they would certainly do that for extra uh, extra drops um, and that would just hurt the guided games experience for people that are genuinely trying to do it because they would get in the same scenario that they're in now and they would never find the match and then they would just lose interest and get really angry and salty and it, it would be totally understandable and relatable like yeah I would feel the same way um, so you know I, as far as as far as like the clan thing again I'm all for it but I'm like dude that's window dressing it's like you're coming to me with a magazine. And you're like, "Aren't these awesome for the windows?" And I'm like, "That's that's actually uh, amazing," um, but it's not time for that right now, right? The construction workers are putting the drywall up and painting, and then we're gonna bring in some furniture, and then we're gonna, you know, then we're gonna get a nice table, and then and then we can do the window dressing. The game just really, really, really needs to be beefed up, um, and not be so top heavy and I think that is that's the that's the way forward before you start focusing on like clan dojos you know clan clan dojos are cool but right now they're not a fundamental uh, value need in the game Neos. What do you think that they could have done with the crow after the quest? Putting him back into his cubby is very anticlimactic, but at the same time pushing him to the tower or other places would seem out of place at the moment. Um, there should have been... Okay, it's very, very simple. There's, It's very, very simple. When they went outside and he's like, you're a guardian now, crow should have had one line. Like, I thank you for what you've done for me. I'm going to stay here for a while and, and prepare... You know, and prepare to move or whatever, and um, it's going to take me a while to be ready to come and to come and stay among among other guardians. Some sort of a line like that. You know, write it better than how I just ad libbed it, but that's that's what they should have done. So then, it would have made sense of like, oh, why is he back in his cubby? And then you could do something at the end of the season. You could move him. You could have a cutscene where he, he meets you out somewhere, and he's like, "I'm ready." And you're like, "All right, let's go." And he comes to the tower. They needed one sentence, one, to 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 fix to to, to to fix that, um, to say, "I'm not really ready to be amongst you know be amongst the people in the tower and around other guardians." I think I'll stay here for a while and and, and, and prepare, you know, to leave. Um, you know, it would have made sense of what was going on. I think he'll be here till the season is over. Yeah, I agree. You, well, there's a technological reason why he's there. If we want to get like technical, they can't just move an NPC, right? It's like sometimes people go to Spider and they're like, I didn't understand what was going on. Petra was back there. And it's like you were literally in somebody's instance who was working on like a forsaken campaign because she shows up one time. She's like standing there, right? She's like there with Spider, right? So they probably didn't want to create more of that confusion of like you go to an instance and Spider's not there does that make sense like if i go and i establish the instance i go back to see spider and um you know in my version of the game in my version of the game he's not there well then anybody that comes into my instance is gonna be like i don't understand where's Aldrin? what's going on like if they haven't done the uh the mission yet does does that make sense that room is a private instance no it's not i've gone back there before and been with people what are you talking about I have gone back there before and seen people back there. I know I have. That's why sometimes people go back there and Petra's standing there. It's I, I've seen people take pictures. They're like, "Why is Petra back here?" They get all they get all like weirded out. They're like, "What's going on?" I swear to you, I've driven back there and there's been a dude standing in front of Spider, like not in my fire team. Like he he does that weird transmat thing. It's private with the fire team. I must be dreaming. I swore that I've been back there before and seen blueberries. It's a private instance. That's why Petra's there. Oh, that doesn't make any sense then. How does she get glitched into people's instances sometimes then? Petra is like invisible and deactivated in Spider's room. I wonder if sometimes people just bug and they go in there and it's just, it's not like there she stands and she's not supposed to be there i thought it was because literally you ended up in somebody's blueberries disappear when loading in they make it to the wall but they always end okay well then it kind of doesn't make sense why he's there i guess because they don't have a place to put him because the tower is not a private instance so they couldn't put him in the tower like maybe that's the reason maybe i've got it backwards it has nothing to do with spiders instance it's the tower they wouldn't have anywhere to put him um Petra is there if you've not completed the Forsaken campaign on that character. I swear to you, I have had people that have completed everything and they're like they randomly have Petra in their instance. And they can't explain why. Like, they've done all the Forsaken stuff and they're like I don't understand why she's here. You know? So, it's... I don't know. I, I thought it was a glitch from being in somebody else's instance. In any case even though it's a private instance and they probably could have made him disappear um, it's likely because they couldn't like put him in the tower yet because the, pu- the tower is not a private instance don't know if you saw this it seems it should be uh, this should have procked after the mission but it did not crow seems different today a thought of weight has lifted from him still can't believe it he says with cautious amazement but spider was quick to agree to your terms he never gives up that easy which means he thinks there's something to gain he sent an engineer to remove the explosions from Glint, so he's held up his end of the bargain. I feel like when I went back to, to, to the Crow, I saw that. Um, it was just like some, it was just like flavor, you know when they, when they have flavor text and you can like read it if you want and then you just can hit A? I think I went back and read that. I, f- I think I did. Did you guys go back and see Crow after and he had like a text box? It wasn't audio. It's just when they have the text box that you can read and then you press A or whatever and it goes away. Um, is glint pulled pork yes yeah why change if so we have no idea coyote says hello no oh gosh do you think that the blad blood with spider will lead to economic changes with his inventory next season I have no way to make a really educated prediction on this I don't know if they would tie his economy and his exchange rates to lore of like him not liking at us uh, him not liking us, I mean. Um, so I, I don't know. There's not a real way to make a prediction about this. To me, it would be cool if if Spider did get grumpy and was more gruff with us, and his audio changed, and like maybe even his missions changed. You know, um, maybe he starts to kind of make us doubt if he's if he's if he's worth working with or trustworthy. I don't know. Heart of Quartz. Would you be upset if they added King's Fall with Zivu Arath as the boss? Yes, because of what Joe Blackburn said in an article about Vaults of Glass. They want the encounters to be true to themselves. They don't want you to walk in and be like, well, that wasn't Templar, or that wasn't Atheon. Um, so, if I don't go fight Big Daddy Oryx, I'm going to be very, very grumpy. Like, you can't take him out of that raid. Now, you can create reasons why we're going, or lore reasons why it's, why that why... We have to go back into the Ascendant Realm and fight him. That's fine. Maybe Zivu Arath resurrects a version of him, but it's still Oryx. It's his, still his body and it's still his fight. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, but if they, if they make it him, not him, I would be kind of pretty irritated. Um, he packs up shop and the Tangled Shore goes into the DCV. I can see them doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I think people hoping for a lore reason or update why we're going back into the raids are going to be disappointed. The raids are moments in time. Well, like, it's one of those things that I think they could use the, the stranger for Vogue, you know what I mean? Um, to be like, we need to go back in time and change the timeline. Off topic, you mentioned yesterday your wife was weaning you off a of caffeine. Uh, I was like that too, due to medical reasons. You could try a matcha; it gives you that energy kick without the jitters. Well, it, it's it raises my blood pressure, so I don't know if matcha does that or not. Um, usually, when you become you become sort of uh, caffeine dependent, you get a headache if you don't have some. So right now, I do three scoops of decaf and one scoop of calf. We were doing two, now we're doing one, and I have like four ounces or coke next to me so each day I'm drinking less and less and less and then eventually I just won't drink it at all um so I'm literally gonna shut down after Q&A and go see the cardiologist so we'll have a better idea of what we're gonna do I'm gonna tell him I think they need to double my 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 prescription again um I still don't think it's high enough I think it keeps it barely in check I think we need to increase my my and lodipine I'm taking such a small amount I'm taking like 5 milligrams. I think I need to be taking 10 So, um, they have non-caffeinated stuff. It never tastes quite the same, I don't think. I don't know. We'll see. I do like the flavor, but at that point, it's like, it's so unhealthy. Why even bother, you know? Um, if I can wean myself off of it, it would be better just to do it. Um, I'm also going to talk to him about, like, is it safe for me to get an exercise bite? Because I want to start doing that in the mornings. Um, you know, trying to take care of myself. 2.5 is the smallest you can take. Um... Well, they, yeah, they had me double that to five. Ten is the max. Well, I know that's not true because my mother-in-law takes way more than ten. Um, I don't know. <laughs> she takes way more than ten. <laughs> uh, so I don't think that's... I don't know if that's true. Um, unless you have to get, like, a specific prescription. Three times a week? No, I'm taking i am taking five a day. Five milligrams a day. Unless I've got the measurement wrong. I was on 2.5 every morning and now I'm on five. Um, so... I don't know. For my mother-in-law is taking way more than I am. Now, she might be on like a different version of it or something. I don't know. Um, oh, take your blood pressure three times a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I already know. I can predict what it's going to be. It's actually really funny, JC. When I sit down to take it, you're supposed to sit down, you know, relax for five minutes and then take it. I'll tell my wife. I'll be like, it's going to be high 120s, low 130s. And I'm right every time. I can literally feel where it is. I'm like it's a little high right now. It's gonna be around 140, and it w- went right on the money. So, so I can uh, I can I can definitely already tell when it's when it's when it's rising. So, and I do seem I I uh, I do seem sensitive. Um, Make sure your arms low with your arm. yeah. I sit down, feet flat on the floor, and then I put my arms out on the table. Yeah. So, something stubby. Do you think that after this time Bungie has had off that they will at least drop some bombs on us in the TWAB or a letdown like the other ones? Uh, just the S shatter dive adjustment or your uh, your voice warms my home? Well, that is very, very kind of you. Um, I think people are looking for a, 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 a bulky TWAB and I'm just here to tell you it's probably going to be next week. I know that's not what people want to hear and I would love to be wrong but traditionally, the first twa back is like a handshake and a head nod it's usually not that substantive now, I I I could be I could be misremembering, right um it, I, I, I could be misremembering the, the, um I, I'm I'm pretty confident that the first twab whenever they come back from break is always pretty light. Um, they're aiming DMG said they're aiming at the 14th for a twab, right? So if they're not doing one tomorrow and they're doing one on the 14th, then that'll be the big one. Tomorrow won't be anything. If if anything, it'll be a hey, we're back. You know this and this just ended. This and this is being worked on. Be sure to go talk to Spider and Crow. You know what I mean? It'll be like a, in case you missed it, handshake, head nod, we're glad to be back. And then the next week will be bigger. I don't think tomorrow will be juicy at all. I, I, well, I, 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 you know, I, I would love to be wrong. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Horn Joe says, do you prefer missions revitalized or activities first? Uh, activities, because activities always have a better loop. I feel when I think of activities, I think of the Forges. I think of Blindwell. I think of Escalation Protocol, Court of Oryx, Archon's Forge, um, the Vex Offensive, Sundial, Eaz, Haunted Forest, Verdant Forest, Dadgum. They got a lot of set pieces they could reuse if they wanted. Um, that I, I would want those to get revitalized. Missions are linear and kind of one and done. I, I, I wouldn't care too much for that. I really, really wouldn't. Um, I, I don't know. The, the lure and the Empire hunts is definitely showing us that Bungie is happy to make short missions with the boss at the end be a part of a loot grind. Like, think about that. Both Empire hunts and Wrathborn hunts both show. That Bungie's okay kind of leaning into the adventure style content. And because of that, it would be awesome to bring back things like, remember how you know, core had memories? Wouldn't it be cool to have a grindable Panoptes mission and then there's like a drop at the end you can farm? I don't know. I- I'm just thinking out loud. Like, I don't know. I don't mind missions being revitalized, but when I think of activities, activities just have more of a... They have more of an automatic hook and a loop that kind of keeps you going. You know, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. This is pretty cool. You know, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to get this stuff. Um, as, opposed, as opposed to... You know... <sighs> mission, I don't know, I just don't know how many missions there are you can even do this with, it would be enjoyable enough to run, 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 like you keep running it over and over again, I, and this is my bias, I just love content loops that have drops at the end, I do, I just think there's something there's, that's like in a special little place a special little place where that stuff lands, um where you can kind of just keep rerunning it and that's why Strikes not having drops from the bosses, and that's why the crucible not having end of reward screens i think is a problem you know what i mean um yeah i have it all written down jc i've been taking i've been taking my blood pressure every couple of days we have it all logged our blood pressure machine's really cool too you can go back and see everything so we weren't writing it down um and then we missed a bunch and then we we, you can click a button and i can like scroll through all my readings it's really nice so i'm gonna like take that notebook with me um Generally, ambulatory BP should be 135 over 85. When it's high, it's close to 150. When it was really high, it was like you know high 160s. Um, but usually, yeah, I'm 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 always close to and hovering around the 130, the 130 140 mark, which is you know which is you know I'm on the I'm on the edge. Um. So. Um. Anyway. So, yeah, I, I think I think activities getting revitalized makes the most sense because they always feel like healthier content loops to me. Hornjo says, personally, I'm always seeking new loot in challenging content. Do you think revitalized content needs a hard mode with new loot? Well, this is why every time we talk about these sorts of things, what I try to do is I try to come up with an idea that you'll get a lot of capital out of one thing. So, having harder versions of the Empire hunts, that's actually a great idea. There are so many layers to that value, it's it's just good, right? Incentive to go up to the harder versions intentional loot grind repurposing content that was you know within the campaign you know if they would have done that with the tangled shore and the um when we were hunting down the barons repurposing the baron fights to be you know baron hunts and having drops associated with those baron hunts and having harder versions of the baron hunts i think would have been pretty cool you know i think it would have been pretty cool i uh i that to me if you're, I always say this. If Bungie's going to create content or a gun, they should apply a principle to it. How, can we get more capital out of this? What can we do to add depth to this? So with weapons, I think every weapon should have an adept version. And I think every adept version should drop from the hardest or close to the hardest difficulty. And now you're getting tons of capital out of every gun, out of every activity. Instead of being like, Here's an activity with no loot and no real reason to run it other than like a milestone or a power pursuit, like the Exo Challenges. Exo Challenges are everything that is wrong with bungee content when they make it for Destiny. That's what Exo Challenges are. They are everything that is wrong with good content. Ascendant Challenges were the same dadgum way. So, so cool and only tied to a powerful milestone checkbox. No loot associated with it. Giant mistake. If we could have been rerunning Ascendant challenges for specific drops from the bosses each week, that would have been awesome. But instead, it's a stupid milestone checkbox. So beautiful environments, awesome places, cool fights get chucked over your shoulder like they're nothing. Exo challenges, Ascendant challenges, Baron fights, you know? I, they, they, that, that's the worst example of content. It's like, you're literally wasting it. It's wasted content. And it's also like, oh, just attach it to a powerful grind. Empire hunts are probably one of the best versions of content in Destiny. Repurposing good fights from the campaign. I thought the lieutenant fights were pretty good making it loopable, and giving an intentional grind for loot that you want, and then they added difficulty spectrum. That's checking all the boxes. Every piece of content should check those boxes. Welcome to Exo Challenges. There's easy, medium, and hard. I mean, We don't use those terms in Destiny, but you know what I'm saying. There's easy, medium, and hard, and there's loot in there that you're chasing. Now I don't agree with what MM is saying in chat. I don't agree with the idea uh, I, I don't agree with that it, it, I don't agree with saying everything should have the deep stone crypt last chest treatment. I, I think that that's too value meal oriented. I like loot dropping from bosses. I don't want to order everything from a menu. I don't I, that, gets, 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 that gets too transactional uh, the, the, the sundial and the umbrals and now that that's too much of a good thing. We don't want that everywhere in the game way 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 too transactional starts to turn I just think right now we need to push back on that notion and that influence and we want things dropping from bosses that's where the love is that's where the excitement is that's where the magic is right maybe choose your pinnacle slot I'm okay MM oh I popped my back with targeting loot with targeting loot and having it drop what you're looking for and then obviously then RNG plays its role where you might not get the stats you want or the perks that you want on the gun or the or the armor. That that I'm totally fine with. What I'm not fine with is turning the game into a value meal. I'm not fine with that. If if every if everything is a value meal, then I don't know. That that to me I'm I'm always always cognizant of how that is uh, that's too much of a good thing. That's too much of a good thing. I was one of the people that after um, after season of the Black Armory, season of the Forge, I'm sorry, season of the Forge, I said that Ada was the future of loot pursuit in Destiny. I said, this is how it should be. I grab a bounty, I do the thing, I get the gun. Unfortunately, I was right, and I want to take it back. I, it's We got too much of a good thing. Ordering from a value meal like in Sundial, the fractal line bounties at the end of the season, the Umbrals—it's—it's just—it's too much of a good thing. It's too transactional. There needs—we need to bring back the love and the mystique and the mystery of. I'm trying to get this item. I'm killing the boss. Out it pops. That moment of oh, it's here. Oh, it dropped. It dropped. It dropped. And you run over and you pick it up. We need to recapture those moments. Those. moments those those dopamine hits. We need to bring those back. I got my way, and I got too much of it. It's it, it, Like I said, there's such a there's such a thing as too much of a good thing, and I think we really, really, we highly praise the Black Armory and the Bounties and Ada, and they heard us, which is awesome. This is testimony to the fact that Bungie actually listens and implements the things that we like and increases the things that we like. Unfortunately, unfortunately. I, I believe in these instances we end up with too much of a good thing. And right now, I definitely feel we're in that ballpark of we're 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 given so much agency over getting loot that the excitement and the appeal is gone. It's basically we're just we're just mashing the button on the vending machine over and over and over again. And I just I think we've taken we've taken the spark out, we've taken the love. It, it, we've out of the out of the relationship. It's very very transactional now. It's very mechanical and clinical, um, and I would I would I would love I would love for them uh, I would love for them to change some of that. Grind spoils of war for forty minutes and go and buy a raid gun. Uh, right, that that's what a lot of people are doing. Like it's it's not a perfect system. The raid currency system um, needs looked at. Bungie tweeted and said the high stat roll armor was not dropping as intended. Yeah, neither was the ship. You were supposed to get a ship. Um <laughs> you were supposed to get a ship. So it it was very uh unsanctimonious. Uh it, it it didn't it didn't uh it didn't land all that well, you know? Um so in 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 the in in the in the game itself right now with the way that they, you know, typically set things up, i i'm never going to sit here and say that they need to make it harder for us to get loot but i'm definitely going to say they need to they need to reinvent reverse the reverse the experience take the spirit of the umbrals and just reverse the experience i would like this gun cool go run this activity and while you're in there you have a chance for this gun or this gun to drop the one you want and it's pairing. Remember how they did with the Umbrals? There was two potential guns that would pop out. Go run this activity, and while you're running that activity, it has a chance to drop. You're honoring what Umbrals brought us, and the agency that it gives us without without making it a transactional tower, you know, Umbral, Ingram escapade, you know? So, the spirit of Umbrals is in the right place. It is. The spirit of Umbrals is in the right place so it's just a matter of um it's just a matter of you know saying we we don't and this is where we always have to be careful with feedback to Bungie we like the agency don't take that away from us don't go back to the days of having zero control and nobody can get an IS Luna we like the agency just do it in a way where it's dropping end of end of game reward or from a boss or something um The ship was literally the quest reward. It was supposed to be a guaranteed drop. They'll probably just fix that in post and they'll just add it to our postmaster. Listen, if you can hear my voice right now and you've been enjoying the show today, lurking, hanging out, listening, chatting, debating, submitting questions, do me a favor and press the like button. We only need about 60 folks to push us to 900. We had a slightly lighter day compared to yesterday, but still a strong day. Let's go out strong with those likes. If you're listening to this on the other location, remember you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com and if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. We're not shutting down just yet, but I am ending the recording. As always, you guys can bookmark sntrnetwork.com as well, and when you watch and listen to these things in the other locations, I greatly appreciate it. Please like, share, and subscribe.